talks uh much against my uh, better judgment I, I play that bumper music and uh, <laughs> while I, I do come on this talking about hey what up fam uh i gotta be honest with you i really don't get that uh, look, particular I'm, song but there's a lot of millennials that just absolutely love the thing it is it's you, good i don't, it's I don't jam. really get it either it's jam yeah, yeah. oh uh, uh, it's i can't say that i'm preserved in that same even demographic i don't know yeah. Oh yeah, I told you, your grandpa millennial. I don't, I don't, I don't know what the, song would. I'm the get off my piece. lawn millennial. Yeah, you really That's are. What I am. You are the guy. All right. Well, um, as I said, we always love to get questions. We've got a few this week that we'd like to run through. Uh, Oscar from Peachtree City has written us saying, uh, "My son and I are starting a side business with hopes uh, it'll take off and provide him a bit of income." While he's in college, hopefully this is not Vev. I don't want to. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, that might be. That's. Yeah. Uh, so the question is, do you have any tips on developing a business budget? Sounds like a financial planning slash tax kind yeah, of issue. Yeah, we can we can both yeah. tackle this one, Jesse. I think uh, you know, obviously, uh, any business a budget is going to be very important, just like with your personal finances. And you know, having a budget is is important to know where your money's going. Um, for tax purposes, to be able to find deductions and things, you have to know actually what you're spending your money on. Um, so having a budget is, is important. I mean, in terms of creating one, I mean, it's relatively simple. It's just kind of follow the money that's going out and and track it and, you know, code it somehow as to what kind of expense it is. Um, so I mean, it sounds like this is not going to be a uh, a, a business that's going to have employees and things like that. It sounds like sort of a, a kind of startup, maybe a part-time thing. But uh, um, you know, to Jesse's point earlier, and you know, the hobby, the hobby tax mm-hmm. could apply here, right? Yeah. So they they do. The IRS is very generous. They give you some time to get off the feet. It's not a specified time. So if you're having losses in the first few years, um, I wouldn't concern yourself. But if it's been three, four, maybe five years, and you're not starting to see a profit or at least trend towards a profit, um, that's when I would get a little concerned about the hobby loss. So, and what does that mean? I mean, basically, they start disqualifying your expenses. Is that yes. what's at stake there? Yes, they, they disqualify the expenses um, saying, you know, you're selling this on the side, but you're not making money. A business is for profit. You're not making money, you know. Um, we sell a lot of times with people who are on Etsy or making quilts, things like that, um, freelance writers, if you're if you're not turning a profit after maybe five six years, they just say you know that's something you enjoy doing in your spare time. Yeah, and uh, quit sending us the receipts on your gas because yes. it's not qualified <laughs> anymore, yeah. and all the other expenses that you claimed, including your your home office probably, mm-hmm. uh, are are we don't want to see that anymore. Right. Correct. En- enjoy your hobby and leave us alone. Yes. Yeah. I mean the other thing I would recommend is having some kind of software or just a, if you're very good at keeping records yourself, but like QuickBooks or something like that to track your expenses. That way you can get it to a CPA or an accountant who can analyze it and help you, you know, with the business planning. Um, in that regard, you know, it depends on kind of what the longer term is. If, if this was a business that was kind of a going concern and operational for a while, you may want to think about how you're, you know, how you're using your budget. How are you using the money that the cash flow from your business 
um, you know, as being a SEPA, <laughs> um, if you are going to think about exit planning at, yeah, at some point. Other end of the spectrum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is the other end. But your budget is going to be crucial to, to figure out what's the ultimate value of your business that you would get in a, in a transaction. Casey, let's talk a little bit about that. And Casey, uh, while that business, uh, you know, that, that we were talking about was um, Oscar and his son beginning a business. Yep. There's a lot of millennials that have had a business for a long time, and I, I think, you know, just in the uh, since we're on the topic, I'd like to flesh out a little bit. What if you've owned the business for a long time and you're looking to get out of the business? Yeah. Maybe transition to a family member, transition to the next generation. Uh, you know, maybe within the business, the uh, some of the employees are looking sure. to buy. Whatever the the case might be, the budget. Uh, process would probably look a little a little bit different. Right? Yeah, I'm sure it would. Depend. I mean, you have to kind of ask yourself continuously as a business owner, what is your strategy longer term? And if the strategy is to grow the business and to really try to get it uh, to a point where you can exit uh, and it's sort of a, a, a new company, then y- your budget is going to be different. It's going to look a lot different than if you were trying to, not that you're not always trying to grow the business, but if you're a more mature company that is kind of run out of growth, for lack of a better term, or, or getting to the stage where you've kind of plateaued, um, then you're going to want to do some things with your budget that are going to make it more attractive to a buyer potentially or uh, just to, to exit the business however you choose. I mean, it, it depends on what your exit strategy is. I mean, if it is to sell it to a strategic buyer, then that's that's one thing versus transitioning to a family member. It might look a little different. So sure. you do have to just kind of keep in mind what your, your goals are. Um, and, and from that matter, capital structure as well, Troy, and you and I have talked about this some, but a lot of business owners don't realize that the, the capital structure is going to be very important to attaining the valuation that you might want to get. To. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, what, what is the big disconnect is most uh, people in general like to avoid debt Sure. And, you know, while it is uh, a good thing in, in a lot of cases, I mean, it, it does lower the risk for business. You don't have fixed costs when, uh, um, you know, the economy is obviously variable. Uh, the fact is when you use debt, it, the cost of that debt is much lower than the cost of equity. Mm-hmm. And when you theoretically run through um, cash flows, uh, those Historically, the way the way that most valuations work is you look at historic cash flows and you project them forward generally over the next five to ten years. Mm-hmm. And you take those cash flows and you bring them back to a present value, whether the discount, the, the divisor in that particular mathematical calculation is the weighted average cost of capital. So yep. the bigger it is, the smaller your present value is. So you borrow money, and I don't say go borrow money on depreciating assets necessarily, but if you're if you're going to go out and and uh, buy a new division, if you're going to uh, use capital expenditures, if you're doing things like that, <clears throat> where uh, where your business is going to use the good for a long period of time, you really are in a lot of ways if you're looking to exit. Um, better off to use debt. Yeah, that's going to fall right to the the bottom line of your valuation and just because you're discounting using a a smaller factor. Sure. Um, And so uh, those are kind of things that that you want to look at when you're exiting. I mean, exit planning is something that is not well understood because people start to think about it right before they're ready to exit their business. Yeah, it's usually usually after they've decided, I got to get out of this. Yeah, and, and that's kind of too late. I mean, you want to start thinking about it almost 
you know, as from Oscar and Peachtree City, when you start the business, you should start sure. planning the exit. It's, well, the exit very planning least. is really just good business strategy for the right. most part. Just having that plan in place, knowing where you want to go with it. Yeah, uh, is is something that's important. So I, I, that's a long-winded response to Oscar's question, but yeah, but I mean, it, it was covered as well, and you know, like I say, it just prompted my thought, and sure. I, I'll apologize to Oscar uh, ahead of time because uh, it, it was me who wanted to hear the other piece of that. Yeah, um, no, that's good, good but, stuff. Yeah, no doubt. All right, um, we got another question here. Weston from Norcross says, I was looking for stocks that were near 52-week lows in hopes of finding a bargain. I think a lot of folks have done that lately. Uh, Might be a few weeks late in this point. Uh, Parker Hannafin came across my screener. Uh, Pee-wee. 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 P-E. Pee-wee's funhouse. I guess. If it's got something to do with Pee-wee, I'm investing. Um, <laughs> anyway, the, the P.E., the price-to-earnings ratio, uh, was a little high, but the sales are expected to improve next year by 3.2%, driving per-share earnings up by another 9%. Uh, with that, is the current dip a buying opportunity? Now, uh, Parker Hannafin is an industrial company, and as we talked at our first segment, industrial companies are up uh, recently. A bit back in favor, uh, hard to say exactly why, except for the fact that they did get beaten down. I I think, first of all, I would warn you against this methodology of looking for something that is at its 52-week low if you're only using price. Uh, Obviously, you went a little further. You're talking about PE being a little high. Now, it's a bit of a weird situation. It's at its 52-week low. But the PE is still high. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing that could have happened is earnings have fallen while the price has fallen as well. Um, and it doesn't really say you're measuring them against the company's history or you're measuring against the peers. Uh, there are reasons why you might see uh, a company have a high PE relative to its peers. Maybe growth is better in the company you're looking at, and maybe that's justifiable. Um, but again, it could be that earnings are, are declining, but it says that uh, – uh, you know, your homework says 3.2% um, improvement uh, in sales, so you would expect that that might translate to the bottom line, but it really doesn't necessarily follow that it would. So in doing my analysis, I look at uh, the company, five-year earnings growth historically has been 12 and a quarter percent, but the expected long-term growth, 9.5%. So it sounds like a slowing growth kind of story. Um I think it's probably not the absolute best time to buy industrials as I look at uh, everything that's going on in the economy. I I would want to cover up a little more, uh, be a little more defensive, uh, not be in a cyclical spot. Uh, all things considered, um, you know, it's that's probably what I what it boils down to for me. The PE's uh, about 14.4 versus uh, versus its 17.62. Uh, longer term average. So I know he wasn't looking at history. He must have been looking at peers. Um, but, uh, you know, all things considered, I just really couldn't pound the table for buying Parker Hannafin at the moment. So it's really more of an economics call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think probably best to avoid. Um, We've got one more that maybe we can cover real quick. Uh, Justine from Atlanta says, long story short, my husband and I recently married in secret and still haven't told our families. Well, that's great. Um, (laughs) I've got two daughters. I I don't think that that would be a fun time at my house. (laughs) 
my husband doesn't have the same permanent address as me, and he would be filing in a different state. Can we both file a single with getting with, uh, without getting in trouble or uh, anyone else finding out? I would assume you can do it without being found out, but getting in trouble? Says we all use the same accountant. That's that's maybe yeah, the concern. Yeah, if, if the accountant knows, the accountant could get in trouble. Um, the I mean, the straightforward answer is if you're married at the end of the year, married on December 31st, even if it's December 31st, 11:59. Married filing joint, married filing single, those are pretty much your only options if Jesse, you want to be compliant. You're killing the party. What a buzzkill. I know. I'm sorry. Good the accountant grief. can't tell. I can't. I, mean, I cannot really? tell a lie. It's like Pinocchio. <laughs> well, you're right. You can't be party to yeah. somebody else's fraud, right? And, and that's what that would be. If you're lying to the IRS, mm-hmm. it's a pretty serious offense. Yes. So it's either, you know, married filing joint, filing both states. Married filing separate, each person filing the state that they're in. Either way, married is married the key. Married is the key. Yeah, and you can't get away from that. Just don't show your parents your return. Uh, yeah, I mean, who's going to go around doing that anyway? Mm-hmm. You already lied to your folks. Just don't compound the problem and lie to the IRS, because while your folks can get mad at you, the IRS can get even. Yes. All right, well, that is uh, about all the time we got this week. Guys, is the market up or down? Up. Up. There we go. You got it from us. I say the market's up every week. Listening to Money Talks, we'll talk to you next week. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.